everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. We are really excited today to bring you a, another episode of our Hidden Gems series where we try to profile movies that you can watch right from your home from one of the streaming services. And we have done Disney Plus, we've done Netflix, and now we're doing Amazon Prime. And we found some really, really good stuff. So I'm excited to talk to you about them. And uh, I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey Rachel, so good to hear your voice. So good to hear you too. This is great. We're excited to to get to talk about Amazon Prime. I, I think for some reason I felt like, oh, it's not as good. But when I started to dive into it, I was like, wow, there's probably a longer list on Amazon Prime than on any of the other, on my initial list for the other two services. Yeah, it's one of those services where I was thinking, oh, I'm going to come up with like, you know, greatest battles of of cuba or something <laughs> like that but then i was i started looking through it and i'm like good lord there are some good choices on here yeah. i was i was spoiled for choice yeah right it really is true that was my experience as well so yeah we'll definitely have to do some multiple episodes of amazon prime uh once i saw it. there were a lot of movies that i definitely wanted to profile so yeah uh, first uh first disney now netflix and now amazon we uh we yeah. have achieved the three-headed monster we <laughs> have the uh the king Ghidorah of hidden gems yeah. podcast nobody can claim that they are wanting for entertainment these days absolutely it, it's like oh there's nothing on like please <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well very good so uh let's get let's dive in and get started so my first recommendation is a movie called instant family and this got some attention it did okay but i think the trailers really did it a disservice it made it look bad <laughs> um and it's by the same people who do daddy's home so i think a lot of people thought oh no it's gonna be terrible and uh you know i have mark Wahlberg's also in daddy's home and uh, this movie was so lovely. I, what a total pleasant surprise it was for me. Uh, it's about this couple that decides to foster, to adopt these three, uh, three siblings, three kids, and just how hard it is. Uh, they definitely don't uh, gloss over anything. Uh, they, they show you how tough the experience really is but then they also uh they also have tons tons of heart and also it, it can be quite funny uh and i after i saw this movie i don't i went to my car and i just cried it was so emotional to me uh the these kids and uh the whole experience and it's just something that's definitely very close to my heart the the whole you know foster care system and adoption system and i when i was on my mission i worked with a lot of uh with a lot of people that uh were adopting or were, fo were fostering or had been fostered and and uh, so it's just something that's really important to me and i thought it was handled so well especially the end just made me ball and i love i love it i think it's such a sweet movie uh and i think that uh that everybody should watch it yeah, Mark Wahlberg is surprisingly underrated in the acting department, but yeah. sometimes it's like he needs to fire his agent because he picks some <laughs> really bad movies. Like every time he's in something like The Departed or The Fighter, and then he's mm -hmm. all of a sudden in 
Daddy's Home 2 and The Happening. Mm -hmm. I just have to sit here and rub my temples like, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. He's much (laughs) better than this. Yeah, he was just in Scoob and that was terrible. Uh, And I, I think he has to be, he's one of those actors that has to be very, very careful. Like, if he's in the right part, he's really good. But he's he's not a he's not a thespian who can just like be a chameleon and fit into any role you know he's not a he's not he's not going to be a daniel day lewis anytime soon or 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 imagine imagine if you will mark Wahlberg in there will be blood hey man (laughs) i drink your milkshake man i drink it up man (laughs) what a cruel world that would be but yeah but I digress. But um, I believe Rose McGowan is also in Instant yes. Family as well. And, and she's she, really good in there. She's great. The whole supporting cast is lovely. Uh, and they they do a good job of showing like all the different types of foster parents. And uh, it has uh, Isabella Merced who played Dora, Dora the Explorer. Uh, and she's the oldest of the children uh octavia spencer's in it uh it's it's just lovely <laughs> joan cusack has a really weird cameo in it i don't understand why they did that but um uh julie Haggerty plays one of their mothers i think it's rose burns mom and uh, i just i can't over i really enjoyed it and i'm making i my top 15 of the year in 2018 i, I really loved it yeah have you seen it i didn't see it in the theaters which was strange because i was in the mode of i'm going to this was me beginning the mode of i'm going to see every movie in theaters that i possibly can but that was just one that i yeah. missed i ended up seeing it at home and i really enjoyed it and yeah. it was one of those movies where i was like instant family this is far better than it had any right to yeah be. Uh, i agree and i i really think the trailers undersold it uh made it look stupid but it was actually not and i think it's because it's basically i think the director sean anders it's basically their his story i if i'm not mistaken i think him and his wife adopted three kids like this and had so i think that's why it comes from such a truthful spot is because it is their life experience so yeah it has a lot of heart yeah huge heart it really does so i definitely recommend it uh, what do you have first so my first choice is a classic it's from 1962 and it is called the man who shot liberty valence uh yeah this was directed by john ford who directed the searchers and just a ton of other movies he is recognized as one of the great western directors of all time and while the searchers is amazing and uh it's amazing. The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance is the one that I have by far seen the most. Uh, it tells the story of a lawyer named Ransom Studdard, played by James Stewart, who is amazing in everything he's in, uh, who goes into this western town called Shinbone, which has basically no law. It's the law of the gun. And Studdard has a run-in with the biggest outlaw of the bunch, Liberty Valance, who is 
played to a sickeningly evil degree by Lee Marvin. And he basically has the run of the place, and the only person who gives him any trouble back is Tom Donovan, played by John Wayne. And Wayne basically teaches teaches Ransom how to adapt to the way of the gun, while Ransom rubs off on everyone else to say, hey, maybe education is something useful. Uh, the ending is just spectacular. It's worth the price of admission alone. The entire movie is great, but it's just it's just really, really good stuff. It's dripping in atmosphere. It's funny at times, which is a trademark of John Ford. Uh, he can be deathly serious, but he can also be hysterically funny as well. Uh, I can talk about The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance for days, like days and days. It's one of those westerns that doesn't get talked about because you know there's the dollars trilogy and the searchers and so many other great ones that liberty valance is just incredible and no one really talks about it and i think mm -hmm. they should i think so too i actually watched this last uh, november for my blind spot pick that month over on my blog and i really enjoyed it i haven't seen that many westerns i i just it's not a genre that i'm that familiar with uh, and so that's part of the blind spot project just try to get out of my comfort zone and i i didn't really know what to expect i had seen search the searchers and i had seen high noon uh, and a few other westerns but not that many and i thought this was a tremendous film i really uh, thought the characters were very very well done i mean it kind of reminded me a little bit of magnificent seven in a way i would put uh, put that in kind of that category a little bit but I thought that I was surprised at how violent it is. I know we have this oh, idea yes. of yes. of kind of movies from the 50s as being super kind of squeaky squeaky clean and, and whatever, but it's pretty gritty, this movie. Yeah, especially uh, especially the one of the opening scenes where we see Liberty Valance for the first time and he beats Ransom Stuttered nearly to death. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's just a it's horrifying like i've seen less scary movies this year and and i always go back to liberty valance and be like uh it's not that one scene yeah i mean this is not your like butch cassidy sundance kid kind of outlaw with a heart of gold kind of kind of outlaw like uh lee marvin is a horrible person he, he is, is a so violent and uh it's terrible and scary and the people are all really really scared of him including uh the john wayne character which takes something i think i mean i wouldn't say maybe not scared but like i stay out of his way kind of a thing and it's only this uh this ransom stoddard uh this lawyer that can will stand up to liberty but it's definitely he he gets beat up pretty bad in doing so and uh it's i don't know i was really surprised at how how violent it was and how that was so i think it was necessary to show how uh to push ransom's character to and to push him further morally like his decisions were not morally easy if he had been if he had been an outlaw with that heart of gold 
then that decision would be obvious and easy. But because he's so violent uh, and pushed so hard, it makes the decisions way harder and it makes his character more interesting. And yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. I gave it a nine out of 10. It's, it's really well shot, really well well done. I mean, pretty much on every level, the acting's great throughout. Uh, so it's a great pick. People should definitely give it a shot. And and supposedly they're going to be doing a remake of it, evidently. Uh, and... Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Liberty Valance is a movie that is so close to my heart. And if they screw it up, it's it, it's not like a true grit where the Coen brothers actually did a different take. And it's like, okay, that can be appreciated. But this is like the man who shot Liberty Valance. Like, this is a movie that I've seen conservatively a hundred times and yeah. i know every frame of it and if it's going to be made i just pray to god that they don't mess it up yeah it says here that uh that they'd have a director named chap taylor or no writer who did changing lanes um that he's writing the script they have a producer uh the Let's see here it says in this version will be a young college educated black police officer who volunteers to be stationed in harlem hoping to make a difference he's paired with a veteran irish american cop who i imagine is a version of john wayne's tom donovan this might be a subtle anyway uh so it sounds like it's going to be a pretty loose adaptation yeah it's loose set in modern best from the sound of it <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so that will be interesting <laughs> but at least i guess if you if you're going to do a roommate do something different don't don't just remake it uh is always a good rule of thumb but anyway people should watch it it's a really good movie I, yeah uh, watch watch the original the man who shot liberty valance yeah. by john ford one of the great directors of yeah. our time even if you think you don't like westerns because i'm not a huge western person and uh it, this is just a good movie it just says absolutely uh, and uh and for people who may may be turned off slightly towards like towards john wayne movies john wayne was a much better actor than people give him credit for like he yeah. had surprising levels of nuance and depth especially in the searchers but that's another conversation for another time yeah uh, he is far better than people give him credit i believe yeah yeah he's is kind of interesting when you think of him in comparison to to mark Wahlberg in just the sense that both of them kind of kind of need to know their lane and then they do a really good job in that lane uh and uh, i i think that that john wayne is a great example of an actor who he, he knew who he was and he knew his strengths and he he uh he monopolized him he's an oscar-winning actor he was an oscar-winning actor so uh have you by chance seen a movie called the quiet man yes yeah that that is an excellent example of sensitive john wayne yeah yeah i love i love a quiet man i mean it's got one of the great kisses in all the movies the quiet man absolutely and we, we even see it in et <laughs> got the, uh but very good pick very 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 good pick so my second pick is from a movie that I saw at Sundance last year uh, called in 2019 called The Report. 
And I, I think this movie didn't get the awards push that I think it deserved. Uh, it, it was out in theaters for like two weeks and then it was put to Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a really good movie uh, about the, this exhaustive report that was done by this guy named Dan Jones who uh, who's, did this report on the uh, methods of enhanced interrogation at Guantanamo Bay and whether it was effective or not. And he spent, I don't even know how many years, multiple years working on this report. And uh, he the report was pretty harsh on everybody. It was harsh on the Bush administration, harsh on the Obama administration. Like so many people tried to to stop it from being published stop it from being uh being effective all these different things he he was threatened he was all uh, and it's really kind of a modern day mr smith goes to washington and uh and adam driver is plays dan jones and the thing i guess i respected about it is that nobody was put on a pedestal nobody was safe like they took shots at everybody and everybody was willing to morally compromise themselves uh, except for Dan Jones and which made you really root for him I think and uh, I thought that Annette Benning playing Diane Feinstein who's the head of the committee and kind of over the report uh, she was excellent she deserved a, a, a nomination I think and uh, I thought the script was really good uh, it really drew you in you were definitely rooting for for Dan Jones and it just gives you hope that there are good people left that are not willing to morally compromise themselves that that are willing to fight the fight and and do what is right and uh, it was just an excellent film john ham he plays um uh like secretary of state or something like that. i can't remember anyway he plays some government person he's he's fine he's good and i just i just think it it should have been more of a player last year in the awards discussion i think it's an excellent film and yeah, judging a, judging from the plot i would have thought that it would have gotten like at least like a screenwriter nomination yeah. or something it's a really good script and i thought at least that annette benning would get some nomination because she's very good in it and uh, it's you know and they all have their reasons of of why it should be put, you know, pushed under the, uh, pushed away and be ignored. And, uh, cause, oh, well, we've got to pass this and we can't, uh, we can't pass, pass it without, without this and, uh, being hidden or not talked about, or we're going to pretend like it's not there or whatever. And I, Corey Stoll is in it, who I love. I think he's so great. Love Corey Stoll. <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, they killed off his character in House of Cards season one, and I was yeah. really sad because I, I was so rooting for his character to get to get sober. But <laughs> me too, me too. I think he's very handsome. Even at Ant Man, I was like, <laughs> I mean, I love Paul Rudd too, but but Corey Stoll is, I think, very very handsome. Uh, but anyway, it's a it's a really good film. And if you just want some hope that there's good people out there in Washington fighting the fight, I think it's a it's an important film to to watch on that level. Yeah, judging uh, judging from the sound of the plot, it, it sounds a lot 
it sounds similar to all the president's men. I don't know if you've yeah. seen that or not. Yeah, I mean, I actually would prefer this because I don't know, maybe I just had too high of expectations, but I felt like there was something kind of clinical about all the president's men. I I I wanted to get to to their their personality and their heart and their uh who they were and there was something about it that felt kind of like cold to me i i compared to something like spotlight uh which to me had i got more of their emotion from the characters in spotlight i thought it was much better even the post i thought was much better i was a little bit disappointed in all the presidents been to be honest but i know it's a, a a landmark film but uh but yeah this to me has more i'm more emotionally invested in these characters and in the story uh but you know it's a uh, it's i mean it's a little different because this is them making this government report as opposed to uh, you know being a uh journalist like slightly different but but anyway people should check it out uh, it's on it's on amazon prime and adam driver is just he's incredible he, he will show up a second time on my list <laughs> but uh, what do you have next so my second choice is from 1985 and this is in a bit of a gray area because everyone i've talked to about this movie absolutely loves it it's uh it's clue uh, it's based on the board game of the same name, the greatest movie based off a board game in history. <laughs> and there is no competition yeah. other, other than that battleship piece of crap, but we'll just <laughs> pretend like that never happened. But, um, but Clue is a rather famous movie because they filmed three endings and they showed it at different theaters and said, you want to catch all the endings? You got to see it more times. And it didn't help the box office ultimately, but the first time I saw Clue was at, at a theater close to me that shows older movies, and they showed all three endings in that screening, and I personally prefer the third ending. But, uh, but other than the three endings, Clue is an excellent movie. It's funny, it's witty, uh, all the characters look like they're having the time of their lives, but the standout is my main man, Tim Curry, who is very much alive. He is not dead, he is very much alive. Uh, because I messed up his, I messed up his death uh, when we were talking about Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, yeah. Who is, and he is, he is the butler and he just looks like he is having the time of his life. Other standouts include Michael McKean as Mr. Green uh, and, and of course Christopher Lloyd as Professor Plum who, I mean, it's Christopher Lloyd. He is fantastic in everything that he is involved with. Uh, this movie just feels, it feels a lot like what Knives Out from last year should have been. Like, it just feels like these characters bouncing off of each other. And it just, it feels like it's just a bunch of scenarios and they're just, they're just, they're just collaborating with each other. And it's just, it's just fantastic. Uh, Clue is one of those movies that I feel not a lot of people talk about and absolutely everybody should. Yeah, it's a really fun movie. It, it's a classic sort of mystery story and you got all the clues and you got all the characters and, and who, who, it's a whodunit. It's a, it's a whodunit. 
and uh and so i don't know did you not you didn't like knives out i liked the acting and i liked the cinematography but there was something about a certain choice that just rubbed me the wrong way mm, and i'm sure you know which one i'm talking yeah. about yeah <laughs> i i had a lot of fun with it i don't think it's that re maybe not the most rewatchable movie but uh but i i i had fun with it but but yeah i think the clue it's 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 just a it's a fun watch it's very witty the banter is very fun which i I always love and uh yeah i mean it'd be interesting to know how i mean i wish i could have that experience that they had with the different endings that would have been really fun i mean i've seen the different endings but to be able to go to the theater and see them would would have been really cool and i i i think it's pretty funny and it's got such a great cast that it's uh there's too many good actors to shake a stick at i mean yeah Yeah. it's got daniel craig with his best american accent but we'll talk about that in a little little bit Uh, it's got chris Plummer in it who's phenomenal chris evans uh uh don johnson's in it he's really good julie uh, jamie lee curtis always excellent well and same with clue i mean clue has a great cast as well of just oh yeah absolutely Michael yeah. McKean, Christopher Lloyd, Tim Curry, as I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, that's just naming the ones off the top of my head. Yeah. I think Madeline Kahn is in it. Yep. And I love her so much. She's so hilarious. Uh, so I, it's a great pick. It's a classic. And so people, if you haven't watched Clue, for goodness sakes, <laughs> what are you doing? Watch it. Watch it. And before we move on, kids, don't forget, communism is a red herring. <laughs> that's right. Okay, well, my next pick is called Fighting with My Family, and this uh, movie was released last year, and it is about a uh, WWE uh, wrestler, uh, and her name is, uh, I'm trying to where is it i lost oh uh, well well her ring name is page but uh, a page that's name, right but her real name is uh i believe it's something knight it's the knight mm-hmm. family right so it's about this wrestler page and uh her family and her whole family is super invested in wrestling and they actually own like a little training gym and her brother is desperate to become a wrestler uh, but she ends up getting the opportunity, and so really, the movie is about this about this family. It's fighting with my family, and and I love underdog sports movies. I'm a huge sucker for anything that like that you're like yeah woohoo and you're like cheering and makes you feel good. And I love that. I'm not even that big into sports, but I love sports in the movies when it's no. done well. Me neither, but I, I love sports movies to death. Uh, we mm-hmm. In our Disney Plus episodes, we've recommended uh, several ones like Glory Road yeah. and The Greatest Game Ever Played. And so right. it, it's one of those, it's a weird case with me because I normally do not enjoy watching live sports with maybe the exception being the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. give me a sports movie and I'm just like, you had me at hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me too. Uh, me too. And so... Uh, I I was skeptical because I'm not interested in wrestling at all. I think especially out of, because I'll watch a basketball game here and there. I'll watch a baseball game here and there. But uh, wrestling is just not, I'm not interested in that at all. 
and I, I didn't really think much of it. And, uh, and then I saw it and it was so charming. I really enjoyed this film. I loved the family aspect of it and uh, them, the, the way that they learned and grew together as a family. They were a, you know, an atypical family, but such a loving family, which I think is always a really great thing to see and to, to watch with, with your family. If I had kids, like I want them to see this and be like, oh, this is a different kind of family and we shouldn't judge them. Uh, cause you know, they, they love, uh, I think, uh, there's one of the quotes, uh, that I, we, this, some, one of our people in our church said is that don't judge me because I sin differently than you. And I think you could also flop that around to don't judge me because I love differently than you. Like if we're different, that's okay. As long as we're a family and we, and we love each other. And I, and I, I just thought they were great. I, I really liked the relationship between, uh, between Paige and, and her brother and him getting over his resentment at not being able to make it as a wrestler and his jealousy of her. And also that like the whole experience when she finally gets the opportunity is really hard. And she, she really struggles with the motivation to keep going. And I thought that was all done very well. And you could totally see her point of view. And, you know, you see the rock here and there is fine. <laughs> I mean, he's charming, but he's, it's a minor role. Uh, but I don't know. It's just, it's a really heartwarming family drama. Uh, I have, um, I have, uh, when this first came out, I was like, I have very mixed feelings about it because I saw it and I was kind of uneasy about it because I am a wrestling fan. And, mm. and, and when it comes to Paige's career, because it's so recent, I am unfortunately burdened with knowledge and I normally don't bring up stuff like this, but a mm -hmm. lot of the stuff involving Paige's career was cut out in the movie. And I normally don't, I'm not a stickler for that stuff, but I'm just, yeah. you clearly breezed over that for dramatic effect or you cut this out. But having seen it again recently, I understand why they did it because this is not meant really for me, who is a really hardcore wrestling fan. This is meant for more of the casual fan who normally wouldn't know about Paige right. unless it was made by the by it was made by a production company that was run by The Rock and written by Stephen Merchant, who was in the UK office, by the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. So well, that makes uh, so, sense. That's interesting. So my my perspective is slightly different. Uh, I don't love it clearly as much as you do, but that's okay. It's uh, it's it's one of those where I just like. I wish you would have included that, but at the same mm. time, I get why you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. That makes sense. Uh, I, I just, I really liked how it was about a whole family and wasn't that, just. That was my favorite. That was my yeah. favorite part of the whole movie. Lena yeah. was awesome. Uh, Nick Frost. He's mm -hmm. hysterical in anything he's in. Yeah. Cause if it had just been sort of her story starting at like training camp and and you know that would have been really bland but i just i liked the family aspect of it so uh so what do you have next so my next choice is from 2011 and it is called super eight uh this was written and directed by jj abrams we all know who he is for better <laughs> and for worse 
this was made in between uh, in between the two Star Trek films he made, and it tells the story of these group of kids who are making a movie. And while they're making making one of the shots, uh, they a uh, train derails near them, containing an alien. And uh, this movie combines a lot of different elements, the alien aspect and the going home aspect of E.T., uh, the kid aspects of something like The Goonies, and, um, and a lot of J.J. Abrams' other story points, like the main kid and the father, who is played by Kyle Chandler, have a very strained relationship because the boy's mother has passed away at the, when this movie starts. And uh, Elle Fanning's father is an alcoholic. So it's a lot of difficult stuff with fathers. But, uh, but this movie was inspired by a, lot, by a lot of Abrams' influence, including Steven Spielberg, who was actually a producer. Uh, Super 8 is very underrated. It's, uh, I have a feeling that J.J. Abrams has gotten uh, treated unfairly a little bit because of his work on The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker, which, you know, my thoughts on that have been very well publicized. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, J.J. Abrams is far better than people give him credit for. He's an excellent visual director and he can tell a good story. It just, he didn't really do very good Star Wars movies. But again, that's another conversation for another time. We're talking about Super 8. Uh, Super 8 is, is surprisingly really good and it was one of my favorite movies of 2011 and it was in like the top five of that year I was kind of thinking like should I put Drive at number one or Warrior or Super 8 and it was a three-way tie but Super 8 at the end of the day is really fat really really good. Yeah it's definitely JJ's most personal feeling project it's the one that feels uh, the most uh the most him i think of any of the things that he's done uh because all of he he's just been in so many done so many franchises uh films and this is one that you know is, is his own ideas even though it, it 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 definitely gleans off of a lot of other films like et and 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 things like that but i don't know it just it feels the, like the most insightful into who he is as a filmmaker and as a person and yeah, I think, and anytime you have Kyle Chandler in the movie, that's a win for me. He's an incredible actor, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I really, I do enjoy it. It's been, a, I haven't seen it for a long, long time, uh, but it's, it's one that I, uh, I should probably revisit it because I remember enjoying it for sure. Yeah. So no, I, I enjoyed it, and so that's a good pick. All right. So my next pick is The Farewell which is another movie about family and love this love this movie to peace mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i saw it at sundance also in 2019 it's such a good year that year at sundance and uh and so this movie is about this it's by it stars aquafina as this woman whose grandparents uh were over in china her parents came over to the u.s her grandma Mima is in still in uh, in China. Her grandma gets diagnosed with cancer, and they don't want to tell her, so they come up with an excuse of they're going to all go there for her cousin's wedding, but they're really there to say goodbye. 
and i i loved this film i i lost both of my grandmas last year and so it was an interesting experience so i saw this movie and i really enjoyed it it's a little the pacing i think is a little slow and it, it could be a little tighter but i i still really enjoyed it at sundance and then both of my grandmas passed away and then it came out in the theater and so so then i saw it again and i was a wreck that second time because of all the personal baggage you know kind of coming to it and i think that uh Shen, shenzhen zhao plays the grandma i i can't believe that she didn't get nominated for supporting actress i was shocked for nai nai uh I, she's so good as this grandma and the ending when she's waving i just because that my grandma grandma would always do that you know stand outside and wave as we were driving away and and that got me bad <laughs> and it's just you have all these different i don't know who couldn't really especially if you're from a big family like i am like i so related to uh, i don't know just her dealing with all of her uncles and her dealing with her her parents and uh and how she's gonna live her life uh and i i just i really enjoyed it uh so so you got to see it then uh yes it was on a very limited run but i uh i found a theater close enough to see it it actually came to my local theater which i was very grateful for uh the farewell was um something when i watched it i was like that was good uh, I'm not sure if it lives up to the hype, but it was good. Mm -hmm. But then the more I thought about it, the more it just got better and better and better and better. Uh, my only exposure with Lulu Wong, or not Lulu Wong, uh, Aquafina, was in Ocean's 8. And while I didn't hate that movie, I didn't entirely love it. Either. Yeah, same. And, uh, and seeing her in Aquafina, or, or seeing her in The Farewell, I was sitting there like, whoa where has this actress been my whole life because she is excellent yeah and uh and the, and when i first saw it the movie aggravated me i'm like just please tell her like something why are you just why are you not telling her because it, it just it just drove me nuts but then the more i thought about it the more i was just like okay i guess it's better for her not to live her last days in fear and just try and live best to where she can because my both of my grandmas are still alive my condolences rachel i am sorry for you for that uh but it just i totally i totally get it because i was i was like okay she wants to live like the rest of her life as how she fits it and not like expecting death to come so mm -hmm. i guess that that's nice well i mean it's just different cultures uh it I, I I would feel like I would want to know just so I would have a chance to say goodbye to everybody, but then, but then again, is are you happier just being able to live your life? And uh, I don't know, it's a tough question. But if you like uh, the if you like this movie, The Farewell, I really recommend. And if you like Parasite, I think a good another good movie to check out. This is from. It's a little bonus, but but it's not on. It's uh, you have to. It's it's only only streamable. I mean, you can purchase it on Amazon Prime, but it's on Hulu. Uh, it's a movie called Shoplifters, 
uh, which I also recommend about a, an unusual family in Japan directed by the great Hirokazu Kurida. And I would say all three of those movies, Parasite, The Farewell, and The Shoplifters all have a very similar sort of pacing and aesthetic and, uh, and they have different messages and different things, but I don't know. It's uh, it's really neat that we're getting to see more and getting a bit more exposure from these really talented directors from all around the world and getting to see their cultures and, and people shouldn't be afraid of the subtitles. People should, <laughs> uh, should embrace, uh, and, and in the farewell is mostly in English. So. Yeah. It's so, uh, I guess the last note should be, uh, everyone out there, love your grandmas because you yes. never know when they're going to leave. That's right. I mean, I was very fortunate to be able to have both of my, uh, both of my grandmas until I was 38 when you know, last year. So they, I had them for a lot longer than many people do. So I was blessed, but, uh, but yeah, we definitely, uh, if you, if your grandma, if your grandma's still there, give her a call and tell her, tell her you love her. Yeah. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the, one of the blessings I've had during this pandemic is that I've been able to help my grandmother on my mom's side, my mom's mom with her garden. And, uh, and we, it's just been three weeks of just us clearing out trees and ripping up sod and, and just, and just doing general landscaping because like, like she has basically a jungle in her inner yard. Like it's out of control. Yeah. And yeah. now it, now it looks far better, but it's just because I was like this pandemic and I had all these plans for the year and it just, what does, what does God have against me and et cetera. But it's just, it wasn't until we were almost done that I was like, I was spending all this time with my grandmother clearing out the trees and stuff. And we've been talking and chewing the fat and clearing out stuff. It's like, it, it just gave me a new perspective and a new gratitude because, you know, just, it's like, just when you think something something is gone, something else takes its place. So yeah, exactly. I that's great. I'm glad that you've been able to do that for your grandma. And, and I don't to, know. It, and I don't know if you heard me or not, but my condolences for your grandmothers. I'm thanks. sure they were wonderful people. Yeah, they're really, really good, special. And it's always nice when you can do like like. It's it's good it's good to do all different kinds of work for people, but there's something I think really satisfying about doing like physical labor like that for for somebody that you love, you know. And then you can you can look and see you can really see the physical difference, like that's I think very satisfying. So I'm glad you got to do that for your grandma. Me um, too. <laughs> all right, what do you have next? So my fourth choice is a documentary series from 2009, and it's called World War II in HD. Mm. Uh, this was a show that I watched every episode of when it came out. And this was in my peak history channel watching, where I was watching Pawn Stars and Top Shot and Modern Marvels and just so many great shows and American Pickers that history was just putting out. And World War II in HD was one of them. It's narrated by Gary Sinise, which given the fact that he loves, he loves these, this country's veterans and he is the face of the Wounded Warrior Project, you're, that's about as good a person as any 
to narrate this show because it is really, really fantastic stuff. Um, this is this was the first time this unseen footage was released in color and in HD. Uh, it had been done. It, footage had been released in the early two thousands in World War II in color, which is on Netflix, by the way, but um, but not in HD. And they did a really good job of of making sure that none of this footage has ever been seen. So. I don't know if that was a gimmick or not, but it, I didn't know the difference because it all looked fantastic. Some har There's some harrowing stuff in this, though, I should say. It is not for everyone. There's some uncomfortable stuff. I can't remember which episode, if it was in episode five or six, but there is, there is footage of Japanese uh, nationals jumping off of cliffs because they had been so brainwashed that they wouldn't dare be in the company of American, of, of allied prison camps, they would just rather take their own life. But, and that was just horrifying to watch. And then in episode one, uh, you actually get to hear the first news broadcasts of Pearl Harbor. It's, I could just imagine people driving along and listening to like something like music and then be like, we interrupt this program to bring you news of Pearl Harbor and it just, it's harrowing stuff. Uh, I can I can say safely that this isn't like Ken Burns quality or anything like that. It just depends on how much History Channel you like in your gumbo. But in general, World War II in HD is just real quality stuff. Hmm. So is it a similar style to Ken Burns as far as uh, having uh, having like the narrator and kind of things or what like what kind of style documentary is it it's uh it it's i don't believe there are any cutaways uh it's just it's just the footage and then you hear gary sinise and then you hear hear a soldier that they brought in talk about their experience and rinse and repeat it's, it's not like a ken burns one mm. where it's narration picture and then cut to cut away to somebody it's all on on the footage Okay, that makes sense. Huh, that sounds really good. I, I love stuff like that. I really yeah, do. This was a, around a time when the History Channel was producing nothing but World War II stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's like World War One is now all the rage with like 1917 and, yeah. uh, and, and stuff like that. That's interesting. I will definitely have to check that out. I, I love documentaries and it covers the whole war, uh, both, both fronts, Europe and and. Japan. Uh, uh, yes, they actually uh, they actually make a point that um, they show this footage of uh, of soldiers stationed in the Pacific watching the VE Day celebration, and they're like, "Did they just forget about us?" <laughs> which is which is which is very very sad because it, you you remember, oh, the Nazis weren't the only ones we were fighting; the Japanese also. Yeah, exactly. That um, that makes sense. Okay, good. That sounds really good. All right. So my next choice is definitely different than that. <laughs> um, we have uh, Logan Lucky. This is directed by Steven Soderbergh. And... Oh, this is a favorite of mine. <laughs> yeah. I have seen this movie 50 times, maybe more. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, stars Adam Driver and Channing Tatum as these two brothers uh, who Channing Tatum gets fired from his job working at doing construction at this uh, uh, racetrack. 
the and, Charlotte, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah. So he's, he, he's figured out as he's worked there how they handle the money. And, uh, and he develops this whole heist uh, plan. And it's, it's sort of a redneck heist movie is the idea. And they get Daniel Craig out of prison. And uh, he's hilarious in it. And I, I thought this movie was so funny. It totally nailed that kind of like redneck ridiculousness uh, that I was definitely something that I grew up with in a small town. So it definitely rang true to me. And the heist is clever enough. And I don't know, especially at the end when Daniel Craig's character is waiting for the, the, uh, the Game of Thrones book. And I don't know, that was hilarious and i i just it's just so funny and adam driver's so funny he's so good at comedy he should be in more comedies and i agree i mean it's pretty amazing when you compare it to his work in the report which is not comedic at all it's very serious uh right. and it's like wow he's a really good actor yeah, this, this movie is so good. Like, I was blown away by how good it was when I saw it in the theaters. I did something rare. Uh, I actually went and saw it again. It, 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 I, I used to do it all the time. I don't do it all that much anymore. But um, I, I have a very special uh, relationship with Logan Lucky because this movie came out in the late summer of 2017. And around that time, or especially where I live in Florida, Hurricane Matthew happened, and uh, and Logan Lucky was the last movie that I saw at my theater before it was closed to prepare for the hurricane. So it has special meaning for me. Mm. So That's outside cool. outside of that, though, this movie is hysterical. It's uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh, who directed all of the Oceans movies and and others, and he and. And the heist alone is worth the price of admission, where Joe Bang is, like, combining gummy bears, the contents of two bleach pens, and and something or else in a plastic bag, and he's writing out the equation on the the side of the wall for the Logan boys to understand, and he's like, we're dealing with science here, and... The southern accent on Daniel Craig is incredible, especially coming from a British man. Like this is far and away from his road to perdition accent, where he was he was so cliche. But here it's like this guy's British. I had no idea. But then the the topper on that whole thing is when the bomb comes back and Adam Driver catches it, and they're just like, "Hang on, don't let it." And then. Then Joe Bang grabs it, opens it up, and he's like, oh, I forgot to add pressure. And he shakes the bag, throws it back into the canister, shoots it in, and then it goes in and it blows up. Just <laughs> just yeah. such funny, funny stuff. Yeah. And don't you agree that whole thing with the book at the end, with the, when they getting him back into, getting, getting back into the prison, that whole, that whole thing is hilarious. I was expecting there to be like, okay, this is not going to make sense. But how they did it, yeah. I was like, <laughs> wow, they made it all connect. Like, yeah. I was seriously like, I was rewatching it for this for this episode, and I'm like, there's got to be plot holes. And then I was yeah. like, 
no, they found a way to all make it make sense. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think feasibly anyone could rob an entire speedway, but, you know, in the context of the story, Steven Soderbergh made it work. <laughs> yeah. I think so, too. I just think it's really underrated. It's one of those movies that, like, kind of some, for some reason fell through the cracks, didn't really get seen by enough people, uh, because it's just it's just funny it's a it's a funny funny movie with really good performances and uh and uh so people should people should definitely check it out you logan boys must be as simple-minded <laughs> as people say people say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i almost wish we could have a sequel and see what they do next that would be funny logan but, uh, even luckier <laughs> yeah i'd watch that all day but uh, what's your final pick so my final pick is from 2017 and it is called the big sick this was an amazon uh this was an amazon joint that got a limited release in my theater and i believe i saw this on new year's day 2018 at like midnight or something it was a it was a 10 o'clock showing new year's eve but it ended at midnight new year's day so i have a very special relationship with that one as well uh, the Big Sick is from the mind of Kamel Nanjani, who is one of the funniest men in America working today. Like, he is hysterical. Every movie that I've seen him in, he has just knocked it out of the ballpark. And this, this is just amazing. It's the story of, of Kamel Nanjani, who is a stand-up comedian. I know, crazy, right? And he falls in love with this woman and he and she finds out that he is set to be in an arranged marriage but then she gets involved in a car accident and in a coma so Kamel and Johnny's character basically stays by her side and helps her get better while meeting up with her parents played by Helen Hunt and Ray Romano who are just hysterical in the movie as well there's a stress eating scene like need i say any more <laughs> but uh but the big sick is just it's one of those movies that is like, I'm like, comedies are not really that good anymore. But then I watch The Big Sick. I'm like, I'm actually pretty wrong because this actually has a lot of heart to it. It's got pretty smart jokes. It's funny. It's really funny. And it has a really, really good ending. Like it, it came out of nowhere for me because I was sitting there like, oh, this is going to go out on a sad note. But then the ending happens and I'm like, this was excellent. So so yeah, The Big Sick is just, it's really, really good. Yes, I definitely agree with you. I actually was debating, it's kind of funny because I was debating between The Big Sick and uh, Logan Lucky and I picked uh, Logan Lucky and then I found out that you had already, you had Logan, Logan Lucky, on, my Lucky list. On, on your list and so then you swapped out for The Big Sick. So either way, we were going to cover this film one way or another um but yeah no i really enjoy the big sick i think that uh it's especially for a romance that that she is out for she's in a coma for most of it the fact that they still make that work is pretty impressive and i i, I especially i love uh, ray romano and holly hunter in in the film i think they're so strong as her parents i think they do a really good job and uh and uh, it's just it's super super charming and uh everybody uh 
you know everybody will i even like his like comedy friends like even they're fun just the whole movie is really charming like and they don't demonize his parents and his family for what they do uh you can understand their perspective and who they are and so i think that works really well and i it's just yeah people should see it it's really they good. remind me of the parents of from blinded by the light they're not bad people they just yeah. have their own way of doing things and especially mm -hmm. in blinded by the light uh the father basically used his his way of seeing things to make a better life for his wife and their kids so he's not a bad person he just believes in a certain way because that's what gave him the best life possible yeah and you know and and they want to protect their uh their children and that's a, a natural instinct to do and so you can understand it from there and also uh, they you know they you, they're they're brought up with certain beliefs and uh and it's hard sometimes to have your kids step away from those beliefs that's that's tough but i thought that that it, he was so loving to his family and uh the way that that all got kind of resolved was really lovely and uh and so yeah it's a really a really good pick that I think people not only will laugh, but they'll be able to relate to. Uh, if you've ever had any kind of conflict like that in your family, you should be able to relate to it. And so, yeah, it's a very good pick. Uh, so let's go over our picks. So for me, I had Instant Family, The Report, Fighting With My Family, The Farewell, and Logan Lucky. And my picks are The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Clue, Super 8, World War II in HD, and The Big Sick. I think this might be the strongest 10 movies that we've ever done. It's, I, I, I think it may be the most diverse. I don't know. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Um, so, way to go, Amazon. <laughs> way to go. <laughs> don't sleep on Amazon, y'all. No, no, no. So, so let us know if you're listening, if you've been watching anything on Amazon Prime, uh, what is some of your favorites? I know they have original programming as well. Uh, so if you are super into Mrs. Maisel or, or whatever it might be, let us know and we can talk about it and that would be really fun. And uh, so Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and letterboxed at RyanCam20. And on my YouTube channel, it's Ryan Cam Movie Reviews. Uh, still churning away with the AFI project. In the coming week or two, I'll be covering movies like The Searchers, Sci uh, The Searchers, Star Wars, Psycho, and 2001: A Space Odyssey. Uh, oh. This is being recorded on a Monday, so City Lights has already been uh, been posted, but the rest oh. will be coming out throughout the week and. I'm going to be starting up a new series where I talk about Avatar The Last Airbender in long oh. form and in detail because it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Great. That sounds really wonderful. Very good. Well, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. You can check out, I did a whole video where I profiled my first experience going back to the movie theater, which is crazy and fun. And so I'm really proud of that. So check that out over on my channel. And, uh, and you can also find me at the Hallmarkies podcast, 
where we are podcasting up a storm about all different kinds of fun movies. So check that out as well. We also have our merch store, which has tons of fun designs. And we have our patron group, which we really appreciate any support that anybody can throw behind there. It means so much to us. And uh, so thanks so much, Ryan. This is always so much fun to do. And we'll talk again next week. Yes, Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>